Time for the sermon now. And I'm talking about what a friend we have. What a friend we have. I guess you might want to add in Jesus. Let me come to that in a moment. But let me share this right now. Let me pray first of all. Father God, I pray that as we gather around your word today, Lord, you'd help us to know you better. Lord, you'd help us to know you as a friend. But Lord, you'd, Lord we, we, we'd better say that you know us too as your friend. So Lord God, hear our prayer as we gather in your name around your word. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our spirits, O God. I pray that, Lord God, we would hear something that changes us and moves us to a place where you want us to be, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me start with the scripture. It's the memory verse from Proverbs 18, verse 24. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. You know, do you know what? We don't find people. We don't find people um, who are unfriendly. You know, they, they don't have a crowd of people gathering around them. Um, if, you, if you go to a party, if you go to an event, if you go to a gathering, and I know we're not doing that at the moment, but even now in the high street, when you see people who ha are friendly, you'll see them stop and talk to people. You'll see them pause and have a conversation, still with the two metre spacing, but they'll stop because they're friendly. And so uh, let me encourage you that uh, but there is a place beyond friendship that goes to a friend who sticks closer than a brother, someone who is faithful and true. Someone who is with us and for us. So if we're going to be friendly, then how do we go about doing that? Well, there's some clear instructions from Jesus about what we should do, how we should reach the world. In John 13, verses, uh, in John 13, sorry, I clicked on the wrong one there. John 15, verses 12 and 13. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. So the clear commandment from Jesus, you know, there were the Ten Commandments, they were rules, and the, do you know what? The, 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 the Israelites struggled to keep them. They struggled to keep the Ten Commandments, so they turned them into rules, and then we can read in the Old Testament about rules upon rules upon rules about how you kept the rules. Um, and man struggled to keep even the Ten Commandments, and they're, they're great. They're a great guideline today, in terms of ethics. They underpin many nations' laws around the world. But Jesus came because he saw that we struggled to keep those laws, to keep those rules. And when he was asked, and when he shared, he said, "Here's my commandment: that you love one another, as I have loved you." Well, I guess the first question you're going to ask me is, well, how did Jesus love me? Well, we've, we've not that long ago passed Easter. And in Easter, we find that Jesus went to a cross. So firstly, who is Jesus? Well, Jesus is the Son of God. God sent his one and only Son, as we hear in John 3.16. He sent his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. There is a promise of eternal life. But you know what? There is also fear of death, because when we come to the end of our life on earth, we come to a place where what's next? You know, and often people are fearful of the future. People are fearful of the future today. 
what, what, what's next? What's coming? What would, do you know what? We just don't know. But you know, I believe in a God who is with us and for us. And we can journey into that uncertainty with faith and with truth and with purpose and with strength. So God is with us, he's for us, and he sent his one and only son, Jesus. Why did he send him? He sent him because, do you know what? There is a thing that means that we turn from God. We don't do what God wants us to do. We don't do the right thing. Do you know what? I, I think there's something deep within us that knows what the right thing is, even before we got to know God, because God designed us in his own image. And so deep within us, we know often when we're doing wrong, there's that niggling doubt. And what can we do about it once we've done? Well, we can turn to God and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for my wrongdoing. Forgive me for doing things that were not part of your desire for me. But there is a consequence to wrongdoing. There is a price to be paid. And that's why God sent his one and only son, that perfect child of God, that perfect son of man, the sacrificial lamb who went to the cross at Calvary and died. He died for you and for me, that we might know freedom from the fear of, fear of sin and death. And so when we read this, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. That's boundless love that Jesus had for us, that he was willing to go all the way. And he said on the cross, if it be your will. He said he wanted to do the Father's will. But here's the thing. Okay, he died on Good Friday. But on Easter Saturday, he rose again. On Easter Sunday, he rose again. He came to life. He was resurrected. There is resurrection life in Jesus Christ. And so what is the commandment that Jesus gives us? That we love one another. For greater love hath no man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. So let me ask you this question this morning, as I'm talking to you and as I'm talking to myself too. Are you willing to lay down your life for your friends? I'm pausing to let you think. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Greater love hath no one than this, to lay down his life, to give up his life to take steps of faith. I've heard stories even over these last few weeks of young Christian people who instead of shutting down and staying at home have ch chosen to take up the baton, to step into the front line and to serve and to do and to deliver goods to people who are in lockdown, to work in the national health where it's a challenging place and a place where protection is needed. And um, greater love had no man than this to lay down his life for his friends. But you know, there's a privilege in this too. You know, we can grow friends. We can get more friends. We can reach out to our neighbours. We can reach out to those in need. They can become friends. Just because we're in physical distancing doesn't mean our friendship can be, needs to be limited. It, as, as friends are just a click away. There will be people on the after meet that we haven't chatted to for a while. There's an opportunity to catch up with them and show friendship. And further on in John 15, it says this. These things I command you, that you love one another. Not just friends, but you love one another. For God so loved the world. So love is the key. 
Love is love love is love is the action. Love is, love is love is the solution. And so let me encourage you. Let's step into an economy of love. Let's step into where God is using us to love one another. Now, how do we show love? But you know what? Sometimes it's just by trying. Um, I've had conversations a number of times with people who said, why don't you invite them? I said, oh, no, I've tried that. They didn't answer. Do you know what? Just thinking about them. Um, I, I, I was talking to someone uh, back end of last year and they were going to have a small party and uh, they were going to invite someone. But they knew they were going to be out of town. So they said, I'm not going to invite them. I said, well, why don't you invite them anyway? Invite them anyway. Show them that you're thinking of them. They said, no, 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 that, that, we, I know they're going to be working away from home that week, so there's no point. Do you know what? He reached out to his friend, said, hey, I'm getting some friends around for dinner. Would you like to come and join us? He said, do you know what? My, my, my training has just been cancelled. I'm going to be around now. I'd love to come. It's so easy to rule people out. It's so easy to, to start to think that people won't. And yet, do you know what? Just by showing people... We show them we love them. We show them with words and deeds and actions. It starts with thoughts, but it follows on to words and deeds and actions. And there's so much that we can do. We, we, we can go and wave at someone through a window. We can pick up the phone. We've got so much technology now to help us to do this. Let me encourage you. If you think of someone, take a step, do something. Maybe it's as simple as putting a card in the post. Yeah, there's an unusual thing in the technolo technological world that we're in these days. Why not send someone a postcard or a card, not just an email? When was the last time you had a handwritten note from someone? Just makes people think that you're special, that they're special and you thought of them. And how do we love one another? Well, I know I've already read this from a different part of John. But in John 13, 34, he goes on to say, I give you a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, so that you love one another. So he has given us love so that we can give that love away. Now, if you think about a bank account, you know, you get down to the last few pennies and you can't withdraw any more. You have to put more in to take more out. Do you know in the world of the love economy, do you know what God keeps on? If we keep on asking, God fills up our account. He keeps on giving us the love that we need so that we can love others. I've had the privilege of being involved with a number of wedding services over the years. And often the reading at the wedding services is 1 Corinthians 13, known as the love parable. And uh, God, you know, love is, love remains. Love is the currency. Love is the key. And so let me encourage you, if, you're, if, if you feel like your petrol tank is running empty, your bank account is running empty on love, then let me encourage you to go to God. To go to God, for he will give you what you need. And then if we've got plenty of love, then we can give it away. And if we can give it away, then others can give it away. Um, I, I have the privilege of, from time to time, not recently, obviously, of travelling into London. And uh, there have been times when I've sat on the tube and everybody's got their ear, earphones in and they're reading their book and no one's looking at anybody and it's just soulless. Uh, but you know what? There are times when I will smile at people. When they look up, I'll just smile at them. 
And uh, the thing that I've noticed is that, uh, you know, that they often end up smiling at somebody else. So if you want to smile at someone, even a stranger, try and give a smile away today. Give a smile away as you're standing in a queue. Talk to the person who's two metres in front of you or two metres behind you. Take a moment to chat with them. You know, now we've, we, we, we have to get used to queuing. And let me also think about how you can show love in a different way. And that's thinking about, you know, if we're going to have to queue to shop, then we're not popping into the shops anymore because it's quite a task. So if you're going to go to the shops, why not reach out to one person to say, is there anything you need that I can get for you whilst I'm in the queue? Because I'm going anyway. Just that thought. Even if they say, no, no, I'm all fine. Just that thought will transact the economy of love. In Matthew 22, beginning at verse 37, it says this. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like this. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the laws of the prophets. Love God first. Put him first. Show him that he's important. You know, if we haven't got the vertical relationship in place, then, <coughs> excuse me, then, then where is that love going to come from? So love God first of all. And uh, I want to encourage you, if your eyes are down, if you're looking down because of circumstances, because of situations, let me encourage you. Let me speak to you right now and say, lift your eyes up, look to the hills from whence comes your help. Do you know what? The further ahead we look, the greater the sense we have of who we are in God and in his creation. So I encourage you to lift your eyes up and look ahead to what God is showing you, what God is bringing your way. You know, the nice thing about being able to look further ahead is that gives us more time to react. It gives us more time to pray. It gives us more time to do things. And I'll be honest with you as you're listening to me today. One of the things that I think is we're in a season of prayer. We're in a season of prayer. In this lockdown, there's a great time to get to know. When we can't go out, when we, when people are on furlough and can't go to work, and I know some people are extremely busy, but there are other people who aren't. There's a chance for prayer. There's an opportunity for prayer. Let me encourage you, deepen your prayer life. And if it's something you struggle with, pick up the phone, ask someone to pray with you. Why not organise to, to pray regularly? Maybe set up a prayer triplet. You can do that through Faith Life. You can do that through WhatsApp. You can do that through Zoom. Just three of you praying together for 10 minutes, maybe twice a week. Do it and just see how things will change because God is moved by prayer. God hears your prayer. And so let me encourage you, um, be men and women of action. Be men and women of action who do things. And so it's a season of prayer. There's an opportunity. And right now, um, uh, we're in a season of prayer as a network. Lifelinks International has a season of prayer. We started with Ascension Sunday, um, Ascension Day uh, last week. And every day there's been a, a video that's gone out to all those who've signed up. And I know a number of members of Running Me Christian Fellowship have signed up to that. They're receiving a three-minute video teaching and encouragement every day. Um, if you want, still want to join that, then let me give you the details now. Just email ian at lifelinks.org and ask to sign up to the Lifelinks Prayer Initiative. He will add you to the list and you will get a three-minute prayer encouragement every day from now through till next Saturday. And then we're having a global prayer gathering online for all the people who want to join with that. And that'll be up on the church calendar. 
So we're in a season of prayer and we're growing closer to God. But you know what? The church has been provoked, prompted to look outward. Instead of thinking about a meeting and saying, come to our meeting, we've started to look outwards in so many ways. There's so many opportunities now for us to be able to reach people we would never have reached before. I gave you the example before the sermon this morning about inviting someone. You know what? It's only a couple of clicks away. And what's the worst thing they can do? Ignore your email. You can invite anybody to any one of these things and we will see church grow. We will see the kingdom enlarge. We will see people come to Christ. We will have the privilege of praying with people and seeing prayer answered. Love God first of all. So we're connected with God first of all, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our heart. This is the first commandment. Love God first. And then next, to love your neighbour as yourself. That's such a challenge, such a challenge to think of your neighbours. You might then ask the question that was asked in scripture, in the Gospels. Who is my neighbour? After the parable, after that, Jesus told the parable of the Good Samaritan. And, you know, your neighbour is really who God puts you alongside. Might be at work, might be on the phone, might be in a queue at a supermarket. That's your neighbour for the moment. You have three, five, ten minutes, maybe longer to have a meaningful conversation. Don't be shy. Don't be bashful. If you don't know what to say, ask God. And if they ask you difficult questions, say, I'm sorry, I don't know the answer to that. But have a conversation. Here's the thing. Not only are you speaking to the person in the queue, but the person who's behind them is probably hearing your conversation too. Because you're having to speak loud enough to be heard two metres away. So suddenly now people are living in the overflow of conversations. So let me ask you a question. Okay, is Jesus your friend? Do you know him? And does he know you? Do you talk to him on a regular basis? Do you pray? Do you read his word? Because there's nothing better than to get close to Jesus by reading God's word. There's a hymn that we sing that says these things. What a friend we had in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. So it's a privilege to pray. It's a privilege to be aware of people's needs. So we can say, do you know what? I don't have the answer to that question, but I know someone who, who does. And I want to pray about it, and I will. But please, will you let me know how it goes? But this, this hymn goes on further. It says, oh, what peace we often forfeit. How many times in the last seven, eight, nine weeks have you allowed your peace to be stolen? Now, if, you had a, if you had a briefcase full of, or a handbag full of peace and somebody came and stole your handbag, you, you'd cling on to that handbag. But how many times have you allowed your peace to be stolen, your peace over your future, your peace over your health, your peace over your finances, your peace over your walk with God, your peace over your family and your friends? Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. You know, worry brings pain. Worry brings concern. All because, why? We do not carry everything to God in prayer. It goes back to that scripture from Matthew that said, you know, love, you, love, love God first. Everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Absolutely. <laughs> We're having them all the time at the moment. 
Is there trouble anywhere? There seems to be trouble in many places. We should never be discouraged. If you find yourself being discouraged, take it to the Lord in prayer. And here's the thing. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Now, Jesus knows your weakness. He knows my weakness. He knows our weaknesses, and yet he's still our friend. That's friendship. That's friendship. Take it to the Lord in prayer. The final verse. I'm going to use as a prayer in a moment. But I want to ask you this question. Okay, we know Jesus is our friend. Have we told someone else who our best friend is? When was the last time you told a neighbour, told a friend? God, Jesus, he's amazing. He's done so much for me. Because this is my closing prayer as I close the sermon this morning. Are we weak and heavy laden? Yes, we are, Lord. Help us, I pray. Cumbered with a load of care and worry. Help us take our load, take our burden, O God. For precious Saviour, still remaining our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do your friends, do my friends despise and forsake me? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms, he'll take you, he'll shield you. You will find solace there in his arms. And so, Father God, I want to pray right now. I want to pray for those who have no friends right now, who feel they have no friends. Firstly, Lord God, would you help to connect them with other people? your church, your people, your disciples, your witnesses. Connect us to those who need connection right now. Lord, as we love you, Lord, help us to connect with others. Father, for those who are feeling alone, just because of this isolated time, Father, I pray that, Lord, you'd be their friend. You'd be their hope. You'd be their comfort. But, Lord, you'd also bring practical steps to enable others as we journey from the place of complete lockdown to a place of change for wisdom and steps that will cause people to know the community of church, the kingdom of believers who know you and will pray. And Father, I pray for little acts, random acts of kindness, acts of friendship that will cause people to show their friendship to others in Jesus' name. So my challenge to everybody who's listening is firstly, find a friend you haven't got a friend, Jesus is a great place to start. Uh, once you've found a friend, find another friend. But then as you find friends, be a friend too. Conversation is a two-way thing. And it truly matters. It truly matters. God loves you. I want to declare that to you. So I want to say that to you this morning. God loves you. And he wants friends like you and me to be friends to others. Amen.